0: Hello, my podcast listeners. Thank you for joining me today. You're listening to the In Search of God's Instructions podcast. I'm your host, Shirley Vincent, and every week I invite you to join me for support and encouragement on your journey to a deeper understanding of the spiritual way that God wants His children to live. We are all in the spiritual walk of life together, but no matter the storms you face, if you search for His instructions, He will bring you through. Let us begin with the prayer. We thank you Father for being with us to once again open your word to study your instructions regarding how we should live our lives. We realize that we're living in the last days and we ask you to be with us during the special time of the year that you have appointed for us to meet with you during your feast days. In this particular case, we are looking at the feast day Yom Kippur. Please be with us. Bless us with wisdom, insight, understanding, and knowledge and discernment as we search through the scriptures to understand how these feast days apply to us in these days that we are living in, knowing that you have given us an instruction that these days are to be with us from generation to generation. We thank you, Father, for your mercies and for your grace. And we ask that you will bless us in all that we request of you. These things we ask for in the name of Yehoshua, our Lord and our Savior. This podcast is not a podcast that condones anti-Semitism, racism, anti-Catholicism, or any religious belief that a person has chosen to practice for his or her life. This podcast is simply based on the knowledge that we obtained from what we have in the biblical text that's presented to us today, as well as historical data that we can find to support what is written in the scriptures known as the Bible. Today we're going to be looking at the High Holy Day Yom Kippur. This particular day is also known as the Day of Atonement. There's quite a bit of instructions when you go and you study the history of this day that God has set apart for us. There's so much to go over, but I'm going to try to make this as brief as I can and give you as much information as I can to help you prepare for this High Holy Day, which is on the Jewish calendar to be celebrated on the 10th day of the 7th month. We just finished celebrating. The first day of the seventh month, which is known as Yom Teruah, and then Yah gave us instructions that on the tenth day of the same month we are to celebrate what is called Yom Kippur, or as given to Moses in the instructions, the Day of Atonement. Yah instructed us that we are to afflict ourselves. The question is. What does it mean to afflict our souls from the end of the festival of Yom Teruah, the very beginning of the next day, we are to spend the next nine days preparing ourselves to meet with God and ask for forgiveness of our sins. The importance of this day is that it is the one day out of the year that Yah has made for all mankind to come before him, repent of the things that we have been doing all year long that have been sin against him, ask him to forgive us, as well as turn away from the evil that we have been doing in order for him to record our names in the book of life. We're going to begin today's study by first looking at the book of Exodus, beginning at chapter... 15. Verse 30. And Moses said unto the children of Israel See, the Lord has called by name Bezaleel the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works, to work in gold, and in silver, and in brass and in the cutting of the stones to set them, and in carvings of wood to make any manner of cunning work. And he has put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ashimach of the tribe of Daniel. Them has he filled with the wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver and of the cunning workman and of the embroiderer, in blue and in purple, in scarlet and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of them that do any work, and of those that devise cunning work. So in the beginning, when God brought the children out of Egypt, when they were in the process of following his instructions to set up the first tabernacle, God chose the man by the name of Basileel. He gifted Basileel with understanding and knowledge and the ability to do all manner of work that God required of constructing the temple. Along with him, God chose another man from the tribe of Dan, Aholiab, and the two of them worked together to accomplish the work that God needed for them to do in sewing, in woodworking, in jewelry, and engraving, and working with fabric, and all manners of thread, in order to create certain parts of the temple that God wanted them to do. Now turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 39, beginning at verse 24. And they made upon the hems of the robe, pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet, and twined linen. And they made bells of pure gold, And put the bells between the pomegranates Upon the hem of the robe Round about between the pomegranates A bell and a pomegranate A bell and a pomegranate Round about the hem of the robe To minister in As the Lord commanded Moses And they made the coats of fine linen Of woven work For Aaron and his sons And a mitre of fine linen And goodly bonnets of fine linen And linen breeches of fine twine linen and a girdle of fine twine linen and blue and purple and scarlet of needlework as the lord commanded moses and they made the plate of the holy crown of pure gold and wrote upon it the writing as to the engravings of a signet holiness to the lord and they tied unto it a lace of blue to fasten it on high upon the mitre and they tied unto it a lace of blue, to fasten it on high upon the mitre, as the Lord commanded Moses. Thus was all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation finished, and the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses to do, so they did. Apart from all the fabric of the various colors of purple and blue and gold threads, There was a certain design that God had instructed for Basileel to create for the priests, which would have been Aaron and his sons. Only the priests were to wear these garments. On these garments, the breastplate was put on Aaron, on his garment, and the breastplate contained four rows of four stones each, Exodus Chapter 39. And the blue and purple and scarlet they made clothes of service to do service in the holy place, and made the holy garments for Aaron, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he made the ephod of gold, blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine. And they did beat the gold into thin plates and cut it into wires to make it in the blue and in the purple and in the scarlet and in the fine linen with cunning work. And they made shoulder-pieces for it, to couple it together. By the two edges was it coupled together. And the curious girdle of this ephod that was upon it was of the same according to the work thereof, of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine-twined linen, as the Lord commanded Moses. And they wrought oink-stones, and clothes in ouches of gold, graven as signets engraven with the names of the children of Israel. And he put them on the shoulders of the ephod, that they should be stones for a memorial to the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he made the breastplate of cunning work, like the work of the ephod of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twined linen. It was four square they made the breastplate double, a span for the length thereof, and the span, the breadth thereof, being double, and they set it in four rows of stone. The first row was a sardis, a topaz, and a carbuncle. This was the first row, and the second row, an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond, and the third row, a ligure, an agate, and an amethyst, and the fourth row, a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper. They were enclosed. In ouches of gold in their enclosings. And the stones were according to the names of the children of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, every one with his name according to the twelve tribes. And they made upon the breastplate chains at the ends of wreathen work of pure gold. And they made two ouches of gold, and two gold rings and put the two rings in the two ends of the breastplate. And they put the two wreathen chains of gold in the two rings on the ends of the breastplate. And the two ends of the two wreathen and chains they fasten in the two ouches, and put them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod before it. And they made two rings of gold and put them on the two ends of the breastplate upon the border of it, which was on the side of the ephod inward. And they made two other golden rings, and put them on the two sides of the ephod underneath, toward the fore part of it, over against the other coupling thereof, above the curious girdle of the ephod. And they did bind the breastplate by his rings unto the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue that it might be above the curious girdle of the ephod, and that the breastplate might not be loosed from the ephod, as the Lord commanded Moses. And they made the robe of the ephod of woven work, all of blue. And there was a hole in the midst of the robe, as the hole of a haubergon, with a band round about the hole, that it should not rend. And they made upon the hems of the robe pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet and twined linen. And they made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates upon the hem of the robe round about between the pomegranates. A bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate round about the hem of the robe to minister in, as the Lord commanded Moses. And they made coats of fine linen of woven work for Aaron and for his sons, and a mitre of fine linen, and goodly bonnets of fine linen, and linen breeches of fine twine linen, and a girdle of fine twine linen, and blue and purple and scarlet, of needlework, as the Lord commanded Moses. And they made the plate of the holy crown of pure gold, and wrote upon it a writing like to the engravings of a signet, Holiness to the Lord. And they tied unto it a lace of blue, to fasten it on high upon the mitre, as the Lord commanded Moses. Thus was all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation finished, and the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they did. And they brought the tabernacle unto Moses, the tent and all his furniture, his tacks and his boards, his bars and his pillars and his sockets and the coverings of ram skin, dyed red, and the coverings of badger skin, and the veil of the covering, and the ark of the testimony, and the stars thereof, and the mercy seat, and the table, and all the vessels thereof, and the shewbread, the pure candlesticks with the lamps therein, even with the lamps to be set in order, and all the vessels thereof, and the oil for light, and the golden altar, and the anointing oil, and the sweet incense, and the hangings for the tabernacle door, and the brazen altar, and his crate of brass, his starves, and all his vessels, the lever, and his foot, and the hangings of the court, his pillars, and his sockets, and the hangings for the court gate, his cords, and his pins, and all the vessels of the service of the tabernacle for the tent of the congregation." the clothes of the service to do service in the holy place and the holy garments for Aaron the priest and his son's garments to minister in the priest's office. According to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel made all the work. And Moses did look upon all the work and behold, they had done it as the Lord had commanded. Even so had they done it and Moses blessed them. The purpose of reading through this chapter was to try to give you a visual image of the instructions that God gave to set up the first tabernacle when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. When you envision this tabernacle, try to envision it as a rectangular tent. It was quite deep in length, not as wide in width so the length and the width of it was not equal. Let's say for example the length of this tabernacle was 200 feet and the width of the tabernacle was 100 feet. So you have a visual image in your head of how wide it was and how long it was. Well part of this tabernacle in the inside as they constructed with all of the badger skin, and the different colors, they were dyed, and the curtains that was made, because I've only given you part of what is written here regarding this tabernacle, what God instructed them, how to build it and how to make it. We see there were all types of very royal colors, purples and blues and gold. And in addition to that, Clothes were made for Aaron and his sons to be able to minister before God. So when you look at this tabernacle, there was one section of it towards the back of the 200 feet. Let's say one section of it that was about maybe 50 feet in length. However, 100 feet in width. That particular section was known as the Holy of Holy Places. There was a huge curtain that divided that particular part of the tabernacle from the front entrance of the tabernacle. In that particular part of the tabernacle, towards the back, only Aaron was allowed once a year to go into this particular part of the tabernacle, and that once a year occurred during this Feast of Atonement. When you read the rest of the book of Exodus and parts of the book of Leviticus and even parts of the book of Numbers, you see that Aaron's duty once a year in this particular part of the tabernacle was first off, he and his sons had to wash themselves thoroughly. They had to set themselves apart, meaning they had to take the time, just like everybody else during this time, of these nine days after the Feast of Yom Terah, they had to set themselves apart and think about all of the things they have been doing in their lives from the prior years' time of atonement. And all sinful things, even if they couldn't think of them, They needed to ask for forgiveness of the sins that they had committed against Yah. They had to humble themselves and be prepared to stand before Him and present sacrifices and offerings throughout the day. Now, these sacrifices and offerings that were being presented took place along with the morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice that was to be done every single day, every day. When you think about these sacrifices on top of what had to be done during the beginning of the day and in the evening of the day, you see that this was a complete full day process of afflicting themselves. It was a complete day of rest for the people because it was work for Aaron and the priests and those who ministered before God. It was work being done for them. But, on the part of the people, it was a rest day. They didn't do their regular whatever kind of work they usually did, say maybe wood cutting or farming or um working with iron for horses for the for shoeing the horses, whatever they did for their common work day was not done on this day. So, what Aaron was required to do when he dressed. In these priestly clothes that he could only dress in once a year to approach God in this holy of holy places Aaron had to take a sacrifice and atone for his sins and the sins of his household then he had to take the blood of the animal going to the holy of holy places and sprinkle the blood in certain directions on certain items according to what God had instructed him to do. Then after he sprinkled the blood and atoned for the sins of himself and his household, he had to go back out into the place of sacrifice where the animals were killed, and he had to collect the blood of another animal, go back into the holy of holy places, and atone for the sins of all the people of Israel who were present outside in the courtyard area of where the tabernacle sat. And he had to take the blood of that animal, take it into the holy of holy places, and sprinkle the blood in the places where God had given him instructions to sprinkle this blood to atone for the sins of the people. Now, what is the significance of having at the hem of his garment the pomegranate and a golden bell, a pomegranate that was of woven material, and a bell. When Basilio was told to create Aaron's garments, he was told that on the robe, he had to place a fabric pomegranate in the shape of a pomegranate, and then a golden bell, and a pomegranate, and then a golden bell, all around the circumference of the hem of Aaron's robe. In addition to that, he had to place a long cord that tied the ephod to Aaron. And this cord could not be moved and it couldn't break. And it was placed through ringlets that was on the outer garment that included the breastplate with all these jewels that had the signet in each jewel on the breastplate, each having the name of a tribe of Israel and the purpose of that was that with Aaron being the only person allowed to go into the holy of holy places if Aaron didn't have his household in order and he went in there or if he did anything wrong during the process of toning for the sins of his household and himself and for the people of Israel he would immediately lose his life. That's why he was the only one that was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. He had to go in with no sin. And if he did anything that was sinful during this process, his life was automatically forfeited. The long cord that was tied to his breastplate was being held by his sons on the outside, on the other partition side of that wall, when Aaron went into the Holy of Holy Places, they had to listen for the sound of the bells as Aaron moved around in the Holy of Holy Places. If the sounds of the bells stopped tingling, they would have known that the high priest, Aaron, was dead. And they weren't allowed to go into the Holy of Holy Places, so they had to take this long cord they would have, have had to drag the body of the high priest out of the holy of holy places. That was the purpose of having this cord tied to the garment that Aaron was dressed in that contained the breastplate for himself and the children of Israel. Now, in addition to this, God instructed Aaron that he was to have two goats brought forward. One goat would be used as a sin offering, the blood of sin offering for the people. Once the atonement took place with the sprinkling of the blood, then Aaron had to go to the other goat which was alive. Aaron had to place his hands on the head of this goat and put all of the sins that the people confess onto the head of this goat. And then this goat would be taken out into the wilderness by someone who had been chosen by Aaron and let this goat go. Without reading to you all of the details about this, because I would be here reading for hours, but the whole point is this goat was called the scapegoat. So now, how does that apply to us today? Because today we no longer have a tabernacle on earth that we go into. We no longer have a high priest that we are required to go to and ask this priest to approach God for us for the forgiveness of our sins so that our names can once again be recorded in the book of life that only God have access to. When we went through the Feast of Yom Tura. and God instructed that they were to present a young bull who was the son of a bull whose father is the final, the head of this bull. Remember that this young bull pointed to the Messiah. And so when we see all of the things that God instituted before the Messiah came, We see all the rituals taking place. It is obvious that the rituals that were taking place was pointing to a future time when we would no longer approach God for the forgiveness of our sins through the blood of bulls and goats. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews in chapter 10. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of things can never in those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers therefore perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, There is a remembrance, again, made of sins every year. Because every year, they had to go through this. And every year, they're remembering all the sins that they've committed through the year. And keep in mind, these sins that they are asking for forgiveness for would also be approached with Aaron and his sons for sacrifices during the morning and evening sacrifices Every single day. Every day. So that means every day we sin. Every day we commit sin without many times even knowing that we sin. So the morning and evening sacrifices were mostly for the sins you are basically aware of. But the Day of Atonement is for all sin. Even the one or the many that you are not aware of. Because we often sin. By doing things and saying things that we never thought was considered sin. Verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offerings thou would not, but a body have you prepared for me. The Messiah is saying to Yah, his father that you weren't pleased with the sacrifice of animals because the sacrifice of animals could never take away the sins of man. So that is why Yah sent to us His Son, who was spotless, who was perfect, who had no sin. And through His blood, when He was staked down, He became the blood atonement for all mankind. You often hear people say, well, that doesn't apply to people who are not of the tribes of Israel, which is not true. It applies to all mankind, whether you're of the tribes of Israel or whether you're not. And the reason for that is because when Yah gave His instructions, When he made the covenant to our ancestors at the foot of Mount Sinai to take his instructions to the entire world and teach the world of his ways. Now, we can't force it on the world, but we live by example so that when people want to know the God that we serve, we are instructed by Yah to teach them. If they approach us and they want to know, we have an obligation to teach. That is the whole purpose of the covenant he made with our ancestors for us to be a light in the world by appointing people directly to him and our Messiah who became our one and only sacrificial lamb. Turn to Psalm 40 verse 7. Then said I, Lo! I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Yea, your law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord. You know, I have not refrained my lips. I have not laid my righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation, I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. This is the Messiah who's talking to his Father. Today, those offerings have been fulfilled by our Messiah Yeshua. Many of you also know as Jesus Christ. He takes away the first that he may establish the second meaning that he has taken away the sin offerings of animals to establish the offering of the blood the perfect sacrifice yeshua our messiah by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of jesus christ once and for all and every priest stands daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins for ever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected for ever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Spirit also is a witness to us for after that he has said before this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days says Yah, I will put my instructions in their hearts and in their minds I will write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more now where remission of these is there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of our Messiah. He is saying here that once Yehoshua gave his life on the stake for our sins, then the covenant that our father Yah made with our ancestors at Mount Sinai to take his instructions to the world. That covenant went from being a covenant that required the sacrifice of animals to a new covenant. And you see this new covenant not just here in the book of Hebrews, but you also see it in the book of Jeremiah and in the book of Isaiah, I believe it's in there. And what God says that the day was coming when he would create a new covenant with not just our ancestors but with all people who want to be a part of his kingdom and live in his presence forever and that covenant is that he's going to write his instructions on our hearts so we don't have to come with the animal anymore to ask him to forgive us of our sins now we come in the name of Yeshua our Messiah and we ask Him to forgive us of our sins once a year we are to afflict ourselves it is a solemn time at the end of Yom Torah that we go into these next days the traditional way in the synagogues that I have been accustomed to attending have a tendency to fast at least from sunset on the day of Yom Kippur until the end for Yom Kippur. Because remember, God has instructed us that our days are to start from sunset to sunset. From sunset the day before to sunset the day of is one day. Yom Kippur begins at sunset on the Gregorian calendar is what's listed as the 27th of September, and it ends on the 28th of September. These days start according to the Jewish calendar. Sunset for Yom Kippur begins on the evening of the 9th of Tishri and ends on the evening of the 10th of Tishri. A lot of people cannot fast because their medical conditions. Children certainly can't fast, so don't try to put your young ones through fasting on these days. But the adults who can usually do. But when we read the Word, it doesn't say that we are to fast. It says that we are to afflict our souls. And that means that we are to take the time to evaluate our relationship with our heavenly father evaluate our relationship with our messiah think about the channel of communication he has given us which is his gift of the holy spirit we are to look at these things and ask ourselves questions like for example and you each have to do it individually for yourselves. But ask yourself, who have I harmed in the last year? If you have a business, has your practice been discriminatory against people for whatever reason, for whatever your single prejudices may be in your heart? Have you harmed somebody by deliberately not treating them the right way? according to a business practice goes according to the instructions that God has given us and how we are to conduct our businesses? Have we deliberately put ourselves in positions to be the object of destroying other people's lives by any means, whether it's through finances, whether it's through health, whether it's through possessions, Whether it's through relationships in the sense that, you know, we all seem to have our pet sin. Think about what your pet sin is. And if your pet sin is causing harm and wreaking havoc in somebody else's life, you need to stop what you're doing. Go apologize to that person. Ask them to forgive you. Confess the things you did because this person may not know exactly what you have done. And you need to do your best to make it right. And after you do that, you need to make it up in your heart that you won't do it again. Not just against that individual, but against anybody. And then after you do all of that, go to our Heavenly Father. Humble yourself before Him. Confess what you have done. Ask Him to forgive us for the things that we have done against others. And don't turn back to doing those things anymore. By doing this, God will judge our situation, the things that we have done. He will take a look at our heart and know for sure that we have made a sincere effort, a contrite apology towards others for the things that we have done. He will make the decision as to whether or not our name will be recorded in the book of life. Over the next year, as we prepare for moving on to the next instruction for the Day of Atonement, day by day, each day becomes a walk to reflect and do our best not to do the sinful things we have been used to doing in the past. Because when you look at it, the connecting of the dots is that God says, we are to turn away from unrighteousness do good practice good in our lives towards everybody can't say oh well this person over here has been doing all this horrible wicked stuff to me i'm just getting back at him and he or she justly deserve what they're getting well they may be justly deserving what they're getting however it is for us to take that person and put that person in our prayer and ask God to fight our battles for us against that person. Because that releases us to not die in our sin and be forever separated from our Heavenly Father, from our King, Yahushua, our Messiah. We want to live for eternity with them and not live in eternity separated from them. And that is the reason why God has given us this opportunity once every year. And keep in mind that with this opportunity coming around only once a year, we are living in a time period that it is time to get our lives in order because we don't know that we will be here another year with all of the things that are going on in the world. We know Yeshua is soon to return. The prophecy of Daniel has all been completely fulfilled by the timing of the number of the days that God is going to strike this earth with his eternal salvation, the rock whose kingdom will stand forever and rule this world in righteousness. Our responsibility is to make it up in our minds if we want to be a part of that kingdom or if it doesn't matter, And we have no desire to be a part of it. I hope that you will take the time to read through the entire book of Hebrews to try and get a deeper understanding of what took place as far as the Messiah becoming our high priest after he shed his blood for the entire world. Because you will find in the book of Hebrews that when he was resurrected, When he left this world, he took his place as our high priest on the right hand of God, on the throne next to his father. And his father has now placed all things in his hands. So we want to do our best to get to know our king and to get to know Yah, our creator, and walk in his ways. His word teaches us Yeshua shows us that no man can come to the Father but through Him. And if we haven't accepted Him, then we are not bringing the proper sacrifice before our Father when we approach Him during these high holy days that He has instructed us to keep forever throughout our generations. May God be with you as you go in search of His instructions. Search out your responsibility that you are required to perform in order to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is also referred to in the Book of Revelation. Read about that also, if you have time, over the next few days. The Book of Hebrews, and particularly the last chapter of the Book of Revelation, because there are going to be many who are going to ignore this high holy day of atonement that is quickly approaching and none of us know the number of our days when we will leave this world. Until then, may God be with you, bless you with understanding, guide your feet on the right path, and strengthen you as you do your best to go in search of his instructions.